Welcome to Go Simcha, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth approach to the Jewish music, entertainment, and Simcha world. Now, here's your host, Zisha Littman. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Go Simple, the podcast. We had so much fun recording the episode, um, but it couldn't have been done without the help of our sponsor, Karen Simchas and Vakalis. We're going to take a minute to hear a little bit more about them. The following episode of Go Simple the Podcast is proudly sponsored by Karen Simplis Chassan Vikala. Karen Simplis Chassan Vikala was founded over 25 years ago and is based in Brooklyn, New York. KSCVK helps widows, orphans, and people who are in dire need of marrying off a child. Working through their network of vendors, KSCVK ensures that every wedding is just as special as the next. Run by world-renowned party planner Devorah Benjamin, KSCVK takes care that each wedding is as elegant as the next one, ensuring dignity and class through every wedding that they put on. To donate to KSCVK, please visit their website, kscvk.org, today. That's kscvk.org, and help make someone's wedding special. Hey everybody, welcome back to Go Simple the Podcast. This is the it's exciting. It's the first episode of the new year. That's right, the first episode of 2019. Welcome back. I hope everybody had a wonderful time last year with us on the show. We've had many, many great guests in the past. Now we're moving forward, new year, new guests, new people. And actually this week we have a very special guest. He is a new up-and-coming artist based in Eretz Israel, happens to be he is located up the street from our offices, which is very convenient and doesn't happen very often. But we are sitting down here today with Yosef Daniel, who is an up-and-coming singer in Ramat Betamish and has been, his music has been played around the world. People have heard his music. Um, he recently has hit the number one spot on the Jewish Entertainment Network, which is pretty cool. Um, for someone who is just starting off. And I'd love to welcome Yosef to our show and just say congratulations on being the first guest of the new year. How's it going, Yosef? Baruch Hashem. Thank you for having me on, uh, Zisha. It's, it's a pleasure and it's an honor. And uh, to all your listeners, I just uh, want to say Shalom Aleichem and uh, good to be on the show, man. For sure. It's, it's a pleasure to have you. So I, I listened to some of the stuff I found about on you on YouTube. And I like your sound. You have a great sound. I, I noticed that there's a lot of Thanks. Spanish music. It, you, you speak it, One of the tracks was in Spanish. And right. So, one of, mm-hmm. so you speak Spanish? I, I was born in Mexico. And, um, and I grew up in, in South Texas. And huh. Yeah, I definitely, definitely speak Spanish. My, my mother speaks maybe 10 words of English. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> but, uh, so, so, yeah, so we speak Spanish and... Uh, and and that the, the latest song that we released, uh, thirteen, uh, it starts off with some Spanish, and then uh, and it also has Hebrew, and there's a twist of some uh, some rap in English. So nice. uh, it's a little bit of a collage there, you know. Just kind of uh, wanted to let my listeners know um, that I'm kind of versatile in that way, and um, yeah, so. Very cool. So, so now that you started off telling a little bit of your story, let, what's your deal? What, what's, what, what are you all about? <laughs> Who's Yosef Daniel? So, so, um, so my name is Yosef Daniel, and I didn't always have that name. Um, my, my Spanish name is uh, Jose, Jose Daniel. Uh, so I literally just translated it, basically, because in Spanish, uh, Jose is jo- Joseph. Um, so, but, um, I didn't grow up, uh, from, uh, I grew up religious, 
but not Jewish. So I grew up with a in a Christian uh, uh, home, so uh, we we uh, we practiced uh, Christianity. Um, it, but there was a, a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a, of a difference between uh, certain Christianity, mainstream Christianity or evangelical Christianity, uh, versus the um, the Christianity that I that I grew up uh, with. And what that means is basically we had a little bit of um, Judaism in it. I grew up with uh, observing the, the, the Shabbat, uh, which we, obviously we call the Sabbath in English. And uh, we were taught that, that all of the laws in the, in the Torah and the Tanakh and the stories of the Tanakh were the most important. And that was like the, the center, the, the, the focus point of everything that we did. Um, until I was 15 years old, we our church started a new leadership or had a new a new pastor, and uh, there was a different message being preached. So the new message was basically, uh, you know, to accept Yeshu in your in your heart in your life, right? To believe 100% uh, that uh, that Yeshu is God, which wasn't taught to me before that point um or you will burn in burn in hell right uh it was a fire and brimstone fire and brimstone uh, message uh i was afraid and i like a few of my other uh uh i guess uh members of the church were uh, guys my age you know we uh we went ahead and what we call got got baptized we went to uh to a lake and it was like a declaration that we were we're doing that. So, in a nutshell, basically that that that's what started my um, my journey, because um, I I had even though I had a, uh, a religious background and I was growing up religiously, there was also a part of my life that that uh, included um, some darkness and some kind of confusion which was that um, this part of my family was involved with organized crime and the, cart the drug cartels in, uh, in Mexico. Wow. So um, at a very young age, I, I understood that, that there was danger around. And the reason why is because uh, one of my uncles was murdered. And um, there was no explanation there, but I kind of put the pieces together. I kind of understood what what was happening after a certain point, after listening to the conversation, and, and so on and so forth. Um, so I I tried my hardest from that my uncle was murdered when I was seven years old, and I took it very very hard, and so did all of my cousins because he was very he was very close to all of us. And, and did so much for for the young for the youngest, you know. Um, from that point, you know, I I tried really hard to try to 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 think of a plan, you know, an escape plan. Uh, the reason why I'm saying escape is because they were my uncles were actually introducing all of us, 
including myself, to some of the drug lords, you know, in Mexico when I would go visit. Um, and it's 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 it sort of like uh, made me feel like they were uh, groom, you know, what is it called, grooming? Uh, yeah. Like trying to lead us into that life um, and that kind of situation. So I realized that two two things that I really enjoyed was the conversation of God, topic of God, and music. So uh, so pretty early on, I I picked up the guitar. And uh, my dream was literally to play music and to to um, to kind of you know I don't know maybe become a rock star you know uh, and just get out of the environment and kind of start my own my own life you know um, and at the same time I I saw an opportunity or maybe you know some light at the end of the tunnel when it came to my my church family my church life. Um, so when I was 14 years old, um, I, I start, I took some classes at the local college and I joined our guitar group. The, the church went from being, you know, an organ based, very traditional to now we have guitars and now we're, we started, uh, they started a, a, a different type of, uh, uh, music group. So I joined it. You know, I joined it and I said, you know, this is it. This is my way out. And it was for a while. It was. Um, my mother, uh, my parents divorced when I was nine years old. And my mother um, used to visit uh, Mexico, visit my family, my uncle. And so uh, my way out of that environment, which I felt that was dangerous or felt like, you know, maybe it just wasn't the best way for me to go was to play my guitar in church. So that was my commitment. And so um, that was my way out. So I would stay home in Texas and my, my mother and my sisters would go out and visit, you know, with my family in Mexico. I love my family and, you know, I, I was close with them, but there was something that I just, I just didn't want to be involved with. There was something there that wasn't, um, really resonating with who I was spiritually and emotionally and so on and so forth. Not of the obvious, right? The danger of uh, being being killed or, or or being caught and put into jail, which actually my my both two uncles from my mother's side and my father's side uh, spent 10 years in prison, federal penitentiary. Wow. So I didn't want to go that route. And by the time I started playing guitar, my uncle was in jail when I was, I was 14 years old at, 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 as well at that time. It just happened to, Hashem was guiding every step of the way, really. I look back and I think about all the different things and Hashem just really shows his, uh, you know, like it was just everything, every step of the way. So this is definitely one of them. Um, playing guitar in church, getting out of the environment, getting into a different environment, surrounding myself with godly people, people that, that had goals and that had uh, a desire to uh, to serve God and, and just, you know, a different environment, you know, rather than uh, an environment where, you know, you're arguing with a drunk, you know, grown-up man. And that, that, 
God. Um, Hashem. And so, Baruch Hashem, you know, uh, it's been a long journey, but uh, that's the half halfway point. Um, unfortunately, I didn't enjoy my scapegoat of playing guitar in church for too long because my best friend that I grew up with and that was like a brother to me, I was just two years older than me, that I grew up with in church, I played with, I mean, like he, you know, I, I spent summers in Mexico and I spent summers, uh, long, you know, long, long vacations with, with him as well. Um, and one summer, uh, he didn't show up to church for like two weeks, three weeks. Finally, he shows up and, um, he grew up with a, a big family and, you know, not very, you know, wealthy, let's say, you know, not very well off. But um, this day that he came to church, he was wearing brand new shoes, nice, you know, brand new jeans. And, you know, he was just very, he, he was very like, he was different, you know. And I said, you know, uh, you look nice. Like, yeah, you just, you went shopping. What, are, what is it? So he looks at me, this, by this time he was maybe 16 years old. Uh, so he looks at me and says, you know, I'm making my own money now. So I said, okay, got a job. He says, yeah, something like that. So that night I planned, I went to his house after church and I was relaxing in his room. I was doing my homework. And, um, and so he takes out a block of marijuana and he starts to cut it up start to break it up and I said what is that what are you doing and I started preaching at him right telling him like what are you what are you doing he's like this is how I make money now so apparently he had became a drug dealer so you know it was just everywhere I turned uh there was this uh this issue this uh, this life and uh, as the years went by he you know, he upgraded, you know, uh, he became the biggest, one of the biggest drug dealers in the neighborhood. And he went from selling uh, marijuana to selling crack cocaine, which is an even bigger game and an even more dangerous game. Wow. And uh, he was my brother, you know, it's not like I tried to not be around so much, not just because I wanted, I wanted to, but because he didn't want me to be around. He didn't want me to see that kind of life and that kind of a situation. And um, at the same time, I'm, I was, you know, playing guitar and, and had this spiritual life and had this, this nice life that I can escape to. But every now and then, when I wanted to be a little rebel, right, I'd go and hang out with my friends. And as we got older, you know, we saw, this, you know, different I saw so many, you know, different aspects of that life. Uh, and um, I guess the turning point was when he got put in jail. The uh, The SWAT team came to his house and uh, took him to the federal, federal penitentiary in Texas. And he spent four years in the federal penitentiary, not for drugs, but for weapons. So he was a gun collector. And while he was in, of course, you know, me being 
like a brother to him or his younger brother. He always protected me. I had no issues in the streets. Uh, people were very respectful to me in school because they knew that basically that I rolled with him. And, um, and uh, you know, it was a different kind of, I kind of walked around with a chip on my shoulder, so to speak. When he got put in jail, um, a few months after, I was uh, with some friends. I was with a friend uh, just outside, hanging out, speak, talking, schmoozing. And all of a sudden, we hear some firecrackers, right? What sounded like firecrackers. But in my neighborhood, when you hear firecrackers, it's usually not firecrackers. It's usually somebody shooting, drive-by shooting. Oh. And that's what was happening. So within seconds, I realized that we were being shot at. And I started, I ran, right? And I got shot. So I got shot in my ankle. I felt like, uh, you know, like I had rolled my, my ankle. Like I had stepped on something or something while I was running. But it wasn't. It was a burning sensation that I, I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't shake it off. You know, I was a soccer player uh, and I rolled my ankle many times. But this was different. And I, I knew I had gotten shot. So that happened. I was okay, thank God. Another friend that was there also got shot, but he was okay. And at that, at this point, you know, I was 20 something years old, 20, 22, 23. I had lived, you know, a life. Um, I had toured with bands. I had, I had done, you know, a lot of things that were fun and, uh, you know, I wasn't married. I didn't. I didn't have a stable relationship, and I think I needed that. I, I, you know, at that point, and my mom definitely, after especially after getting shot and all this stuff. So, um, so that's what that's um, basically. I I went home. I went. I was in the hospital for a couple of days, and I had a lot of introspection. I thought about my life. I thought about, you know, what's going to be if I continue living in the same city. The people that shot that shot us were um, were gang. It was a gang-related situation, and I went home. And uh, when I was home, I guess they knew that I, where I lived, and uh, they were driving by and throwing rocks you know, just to kind of give us, a, give us a scare. And it was very difficult to, uh, to, to live like that. And I didn't want to live like that. My friends were advising me and telling me, you know, that they had my back and that, you know, they would literally take out their guns and say, you know, let us know when you want us to take care of this. We know who it is. We know who it was. Um, and I just, at that point, I didn't, I didn't want to start a war. I didn't want to start any, any back and forth because they knew where my mom lived and I didn't want anything to happen to my family. So I left it alone, but I prayed and I prayed really, really hard. I mean, I prayed with it for days. I was, I was laying in the hospital and 
and I was reading, you know, the stories of, uh, of the Bible, the story of King David, and how, and I was reading the, the Tehillim, and, and I prayed to Hashem, I said, you know, I want to go all the way with you, I don't know, I, I just know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that's what I was praying. When I got out of the hospital, I went home, and I'm laying in bed, and um, I was watching a, a minister, a preacher. <laughs> this is funny because I actually became Jewish due to a preacher, right? It's funny. A Christian, a Christian pastor was on. Uh, his name is T.D. Jakes, and uh, he's an amazing speaker. Uh, but he was talking about this king that, uh, that became a, a king at a very young age. His father was uh, an idol worshiper when he was a king and um, when his father died and he came into power he destroyed all the statues and all these idols that his father had created made out of uh, different materials and it and the, uh, the Tanakh says that this, this young king uh, was good in the eyes of Hashem because he destroyed all these idols that his father had uh, had made and um, the, the minister the preacher was saying you know this is what you have to do you have to destroy all the idols in your life everything that's keeping you away from God and he was just getting to my heart you know my heart was really at that point you know just listening and trying to find you know find a message of hope and um, so I got up and I started praying and I started shaking and convulsing. I had it, literally, I had a nervous breakdown. And my, my mother came and my stepfather came and were like giving me more support. My sister came, was, uh, was giving me more support as well and just praying for me. And I, I prayed with all my heart. I said, you know, I'm praying to you, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? He said, take the idols in my life, anything that doesn't belong to you, and destroy it. Take it out, because I, feel, I, felt, I felt so distant, and, I didn't, and my whole life I felt I had a burning desire to know God, and just to have a relationship. And mind you, by the way, I had no clue that the Jewish people still existed. My education on, on Jewish history, because of, you know, the low academic, you know, whatever school that I went to, and there was no Jews where I was. Oh, wow. I had no idea that there were Jews still in the world. I honestly, the, my education on Jewish history was the, the, the movie, and we read the book in eighth grade of, of the story of Anne Frank, the diary of Anne Frank, and we, we watched the movie. And then a couple of years later, when I was a teenager, like, you know, late, late teens, I saw the movie of uh, Schindler's, Schindler's List. And that was my Jewish history. So wow. you make the math, right? You watch all these massacres and you watch the story of Van Frank and all this. So you know what I thought? I thought Jews didn't exist anymore. Wow. I thought myself that, you know, it was gone. So when I, when, when I found out 
that there's a state of it. Uh, there's no internet at that time, or at least I didn't have internet. Oh man, that's crazy. Um, but I had no clue. I had no clue. And by the way, uh, I found out that in the research that we did, my wife and I were researching our last names. In the beginning, I found out my father's name was changed during the Inquisition. He left Spain and. Sorry. No, it's it just, cool. So, so Hashem runs the world. If anybody tells you that, I mean, I'm poop. Wow, that's a crazy story, man. That is is so, a. Cr- yeah, Baruch Hashem, man, it's amazing. So, I found out that my father's name was changed during the Inquisition. His family's from Spain. His grandparents were from Spain. I have I have dark skin and and and, uh, and dark hair, but my family, most of my family, even on my, even on my mom's side, I have family with blonde hair and blue eyes, because <laughs> they have the uh, the European uh, blood from Russia and and from uh, from from Ru- mostly from Russia on both sides actually. And my mother, I found out, has uh, Syrian Syrian Jewish Syrian Jewish background. So your family was Jewish the whole time? I guess so. <laughs> you know? Wow. But Hashem has plans, you know? And uh, he kept everything from me. I had no clue, nothing. Wow. So my father's, cha- my father's name, by the way, I didn't finish saying what I was saying about my father's name, was changed in the Inquisition. It was changed from Cohen to his name now, which is Villarreal, which means royal palace. Royal, royal palace is the Beta Mikdash. Wow. And so, uh, so I, br- I had this crazy breakdown, nervous breakdown. I'm shaking, literally uncontrollably. I pray this prayer with all my heart. And I literally prayed like it was the last time I was going to pray. And, you know, the, the next day, you know, um, I'm sitting talking to, to my wife on the phone. She wasn't my wife at the time, but obviously. We were best friends, and um, we still are. <laughs> um, but my mother turned to me. She said, "She after I got off the phone with my wife, I was just chatting with her. We were in a long distance, you know, kind of relationship. She was three hour, three and a half hours away, in the, in Austin, Texas, and I lived in Corpus Christi, Texas. So my mother tells me, I think you should settle with." her with with she, she she's your wife you need to go and marry this girl you need to settle settle your life and i said yeah i guess so i agree with you and i took it as a blessing and um i was scheduled to record an album uh as a, as a christian artist i was scheduled to record an album with uh with a band that i used to, I used to uh record with a friend in Reno, Nevada, uh, we wrote a couple of songs together. His name is Joe Robinson, and we had this uh, this duo uh, called Ember Society. Really cool acoustic stuff that we were doing. That stuff that I wrote, that we co-wrote. So I was scheduled to go and finish the vocals in Reno, Nevada. And on the way back, instead of going to Corpus, my home, I stopped in Austin, Texas, and that's where I settled. 
and the day or the week of literally when I got to to Austin by this time you know I'm living on that prayer I'm expecting some Hashem to do something because I wasn't going back home I wasn't going back you know and um, I prayed continuously the same prayer and I and I expected something to happen so the day that I got so the week of I'm, I'm not exactly sure how it happened or when it came up but it was very quick that I that I uh, moved to Austin my my wife's parents specifically her mother started studying the difference between Judaism and Christianity now there there were pastors of, of the same church for 25 years more maybe more than that they were uh, ministers you know and once just one learning experience after another um, learning from the you know from from the sources I mean you know at this time there was you know high-speed internet you know so my mother-in-law got in touch with the uh, with our Sheva and this was during Gush Katif um, so she um, uh, she wanted to help the Gush Katif uh, people so my father-in-law being a pastor and a minister uh, and myself being a, a music minister I had I was involved with the music ministry the music program in church so we came to Israel for three weeks and it changed my perspective completely again I didn't grow up you know in New York with Hasidim walking around with triangles and <laughs> no no nothing and all of a sudden you come to Israel and it, there's a whole country full of Jews it was amazing as a matter of fact I said goodbye to my mom when I came to Israel for the first time I told her I'm, I'm not coming back. Nice. And of course, my wife, you know, she wasn't, we weren't married at the time, but she's like, you're not staying. You're going to come back and marry me. <laughs> that's funny. You know, so, that's really so funny. Yeah, so that's, that's where the story uh, pretty much, you know, the rest, the rest is history, like they say, you know. Can I hear her? So, so so it seems like you've been, like you're saying, you've been involved in music even before you've gotten to this point in your life. So it's not like, it's not a, it's not like a chidush that you're, that you're in music. It seems like you were, right. you were recording, you were touring with ba different bands in the, in the secular world and you were recording different albums in the Christian rock world, which I find is a very fascinating world. The, the, yeah. You think that our, that our music world is interesting. The Christian rock scene is, is, is also quite interesting those guys happen to make more money too but um yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's a lot it's sure. funny though there's a lot of christian rock bands that people don't really really realize are christian rock bands um mm -hmm. but no it must be it must be just interesting to go from that world of music that style of music to to the jewish to the jewish jewish world of music and yeah. What do you, what do you what do you what differences do you see like what from your perspective as a musician who's been doing this for many many years like what do you what differences do you see and what do you what what do you like about it? Well, obviously the context, you know, right? It's real. 
the word, yeah. Then now that I know that everything is Sheker, you know, um, except for the Torah and whoever stands and lives for the Torah and thinks for the Torah, you know. Um, but stylistically, uh, right, I think, uh, first of all, you know, I, I, I see the potential in Jewish music, especially now. Um, with developing artists like Yoni uh, and uh, oh, he was on our show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. It was beautiful. Um, and you know, it, it, the style that that's coming forth is an attempt, I think, um, to to not to be like the rest of the world, but to be better. You know, because a lot of young people listen to secular music just because it's just good music. But, you know, as a musician and as a, a spiritual person, you know, I, I, I know that the, the makshava, you know, the kavana that you put into your music um, will affect people. It will affect people. Mm -hmm. it's just, it, it's, music is, I think, the closest thing to, um, to magic you know, that we can get without calling it magic. I hear that. You know, um, but it, but even in, in, in magic circles, you know, uh, you have, you know, tribal dances and, and that kind of a thing. So what do we bring? And what, who, who are we as Jewish musicians? So we bring our Kedusha. We, we, we bring our connection with Hashem, our, our Tzitkut, you know, we bring it through our voice, through our intent, through our intention. And the music that we that we make must, especially in our generation, because we must reach out to our own people and to the rest of the world. We have to be a light to the nation because that's what Hashem called us. Right? So if we must reach out, we must reach them at their point, at their, you know, uh, we, must, we, we have to meet them halfway at least, which means that we have to bring different styles. And this is the concept that Christian music did from the beginning. I saw Christian music from ground zero, from before Amy Grant and, and all these uh, artists that developed into huge, huge pop stars. And some of them even uh, influenced the, um, the secular world at that time. And now, now you have Christian artists that go to go to church and you know and and go you know play rock shows right and mingle and mix with in their their whole perspective and their whole reasoning behind uh bringing their music to rock festivals that have nothing to do with christianity for example Ozfest or whatever for example mm -hmm. uh is to reach out that's outreach for them that's how they reach out and it's such a strong statement uh, for the Jewish world because that's how we have to think because we're supposed to be the light of the world. We have the Torah. We have the Amet. We have the truth, right? And the truth is, our truth is beautiful because it invites every everybody and everything, you know? The Beit HaMikdash is going to be an example of how God looks at the world. God doesn't look at the world through the eyes of just us as a Jewish nation. God, Hashem looks at the world as a whole. 
and we are chosen to do a specific part, um, which is the most important part. The bechor is the most important. Oh, that that's that. Double. <laughs> That's a that, that's a very interesting perspective on this. You know, we, we I speak about this with a lot of the guests on our show, to to try because you know if you listen to a lot of Jewish music nowadays, there is that there is that underlying secular influence in some of the music you hear, and you know a lot of people have given me very different answers, and this has definitely been a very very good one, a different perspective on it, and I and appreciate that. So let's talk a little bit more about your music. Like what kind, yeah, I've noticed on YouTube, at least you have like three or four songs up there. Um, how many albums have you, have you come out with since you've been involved in, 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 in the music scene? So I, I, good question, man. I had, I had some, <laughs> it's always a good response, right? In the interview. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, no, but it's, it is a good question because people ask me, you know, like, like, I see you putting out singles, but, you know, when are you going to put an album out? <laughs> and singles so are good. I actually, sorry? Singles are good. I actually, we spoke about this um, with Yoni Z, and I forgot who else we spoke about this with, that he, that he said that more, that singles are probably, are, oh, Bar Levine and I spoke about this too. That's more ideal for to put out a single than to put out a whole album. Yeah. The, 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 beauty, the beauty of a single is the fact that you get you zero in on on you know on 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 the song rather than you're trying to get oh there's this song well there's that song well let me make a video for this song so you can pay attention to this song well I have this other song like the the marketing perspective there is very ideal and you you don't just see this in the Jewish world you also also see it in the secular world where people yeah they have uh, I think more resources to create an album that's like top notch, but um, you know you see you know artists collaborating with another artist, and then that becomes a single that gets them rec recognition, and uh, whatever other music they have is going to also be. But but there's always there's always a factor there that that you put out an album, you put so much into it, you put so much effort into it, and Half of the songs are not listening, listened to. Right. It's always that like one or two. There's always like one or two songs that are that are listened to, and people listen to it over and over again, and then the rest right. is just filler. So right. it's better to put out that one song that you know is going to get real popular, and yeah. and then go with it. Like you mentioned, your song, your one of your songs reached the top of of the Jewish um, Jewish music network. The Jewish Jewish entertainment. Jewish entertainment. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, Open Our Eyes, uh, I worked with, this. the song that you're talking about is called Open Our Eyes, and, uh, and that's, the, you know, the, 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 um, the idea behind it was uh, to create something that was very, uh, very, how do you say, very bright and very, very um, uh, simple and, and just kind of a very simple message that poppy and that's catchy. Right. And um, and that's that's exactly what happened, you know. And it, you know, I worked with uh, is is Israel uh, Israel Lau of oh, yeah? Records. Oh cool. Yeah, Israel's Israel's good people. Him yeah. you know, his his one of his one of his big time guys is Nisim. I'm sure you met Nisim, the rapper. Right, so I've met Nisim a couple of times. Um, and Israel. um, yeah Israel's good people. 
his his brother-in-law and I are good friends. And that's kind of how we started the whole, the whole concept of the podcast started. It actually started with an interview I did down in little box records about two years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Small world, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually going to the studio tonight. Dr. Um, and we're working on more stuff. We're working like Israel and I, I think we've reached kind of a, a, a point where we've intertwined, you know, and we kind of, he kind of gets me, and I love the fact that uh, that he is, uh, he has an open door, you know. Uh, for me, it's it's great because uh, I have so much ideas, so many ideas, and to be able to um, uh, to get involved with with somebody at his with his, you know, his knowledge of recording and so on and so forth, it's just great. Um, but Israel created, we created this together, this song. Um, and um, Jason uh, from uh, Gold Records, right? I don't know if you've seen Gold, Gold Records. Uh, no. He did a couple of he did a couple of, of mixing projects and uh, with Gad Elbaz and a couple of other. I think with Nisim as well. Um, he's in New York or New Jersey, and so he laid down some guitars, you know, and uh, did a couple of things there. And then I, I brought the track to my producer that I've been working with. His name is Freddie Fabian. Oh, sure, I know him. He's a local guy. Mm-hmm. He goes by FJ, his uh, stage name. And so he, you know, polished it up and did really actually did a lot of work on it as well. And so within that, you know, that group, we created, he basically just created this beautiful song. And the words are, you know, very, very nice. And uh, I'm I'm glad that people liked it. So it reached the number the number one slot uh, uh, with uh, with the Jewish Entertainment Network. Um, and since then, you know, um, we've been working on more more projects. That's great. So, so so how many singles do you actually have out there? How many? So officially, we have the Anabekoach, and then we have Open Our Eyes, um, and we have thirteen. So Anabekoach was was um, written and recorded uh, by myself and Freddie Fabian, and so did 13 uh, get produced by Freddie Fabian. Basically, nice. did everything on it. Um, I just basically laid down guitars and did my vocals, and and uh, he did the rest. Well, it sounds nice. It's a very nice sound to it. Now, with 13, with your track 13, why did you call it 13? So if you the the original uh, uh, track started off with the thirteen needles that are coming. The thirteen needles, hmm. right? Of Rahmana. Excuse my Sephardic accent. It's <laughs> um, okay. But basi- basically, you know, I I I want to re-record it and recreate it, and that's what we did. I have this song re- recorded before with just acoustic instruments, mm-hmm. and. Um, um, you know, we I recorded it also here in the Chemish with, uh, with the young man whose name was uh, Aaron Mendelowitz, hmm. and um, and uh, you know I recreated it. So all of the old stuff that I had on my YouTube channel, I took it took it down basically. Um, it's all old recordings that that I that I did uh, here and also in America. So I'm starting off fresh basically. Nice, um, but. Uh, 13 really has to do with the, the concept of mercy 
of Hashem's mercy, and that Spanish explains a little bit about who I am and, and what Hashem, in a, in a very poetic way. And then you have Hodul Hashem right? As like a praise to Hashem, thank you for changing my life, so to speak. And then we have a breakdown with the rap part. Um, and then it goes back to the chorus, Hodul Hashem. And at the very tail end, that's when I included the 13th. Um, nice. So at the very at the very end is when it's where it has the thirteen. Years. Now, a few people have told me. I mean, just local people, right? Just one or two people um, told me that. Oh yeah, I like your Spanish song. And I said, you didn't listen to the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. you, know, you didn't listen to the whole song. You got scared off by the Spanish, didn't you? So the, I told him, you know, go back and listen to the whole thing. You know, so thirteen is really it's a collage of who I am as an artist. I'm a Spanish speaker, you know, and I live in Israel, so I speak a little Hebrew. And uh, I grew up listening to hip hop as well, and rap music and, and all of that. So I included some hip hop in there. So. so, yeah. No, it's a very good track. And it's like, it's very interesting to look at from a different perspective that it's, it pr- after hearing your story and now, t- and, and then, then talking about the track, it sense. seems like a culmination of your entire life in that, in that song. And wow, it kind of, yeah, no, I'm pretty good at these things. Yeah. I, 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 I'm pretty good at picking these things out. Um, it seems like, a, like I said, it seems like a culmination of like your entire life put together in one, in one song and giving you a way to express that and share your story out to the world with it. I'm glad you, I'm glad you're saying it. Cause I've been trying to explain it to my wife, <laughs> you know, oh, but you know, it's uh i'm saying like she didn't like the rap part okay so i said you know let's just try let's put it out and see what what people think so um this week it made number two on the jewish entertainment network okay uh, so number two is not bad it's not bad listen you know it's uh i'm i'm really really actually very honored to have my music on anything you know no, uh, sure just uh, because, you know, it's uh, from where I come from and where Hashem is guiding me and still guiding me, uh, and I believe will continue. Uh, That's amazing. The uh, long journey, you know. So, no, for sure. So, so what what can we say is coming up for you in the future? Like, what are we what are we working on right now? You said you're going back down a little box in in Jerusalem to to lay down some more tracks. So, what are we working on now? So, we're I'm gonna keep working on music. Uh, and in between my production of, of more songs, uh, I will hopefully have the opportunity to share my story. You know, you have this great organization, and uh, thank you for, for doing this. You know, I, it's, uh, once I can post this and whatnot, I think it can show, you know, organizations like org, you know, and Hit uh, Brut, and... Uh, you know, to tell my story, kind of like what Nisim has been doing, yeah. you know, started off doing. Um, and uh, while I'm doing that, work on more songs and then put the, the album together from the songs that I have released, you know, maybe not release half of the album. And then once, uh, who knows, we'll see. But uh, that's, that's, actually what, that's what Yoni Z did, by the way. If, what? If you listen to, there, there was an interview he did with, uh, uh, with another podcast, I think. Um, he explained the process that of what he did 
with his, how he recorded the album. And he said, basically, it took eight years or something like that. Yeah, he told me, like, eight years. That, I think it was with us. He said it took him, like, eight years or something to do, do, to do an album. And it, 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 it was crazy. The process it takes from, from creating to writing everything down to getting it going, it's about eight years long. It, it's a, it right. t- depending on who you are. It's actually funny, Mordechai Shapiro. Um, we were talking about this. Mordechai Shapiro has done an album in in a couple in a few months. He did it like real quick in like four or five months. Um, yeah. But that's only awesome, if, that's if you're like Mordechai very works hard, man. <laughs> that's if you're like focused and like you don't like lose and like your attention's not like all you're not you're not busy like all over the place. If you're focused, you can get right. these things done like real quick. But now that's cool. Listen, work on that album. Get get that out there. Share the, share it with share it with everybody. Your music is great. Your sound is great. It's very like it's it's like very it's very warm and inviting. You ever think about doing more like Spanish songs, like more like cla- like cla- with like kind of like a classical guitar kind of sound, like like some Spanish Definitely. music? Classical guitar. I'm glad you brought that up because classical guitar was my first instrument that I uh, that I started playing. Nice. My my development is gonna go into different areas that that um, that people might not expect. So I might be showing a different face every single song, um, you know, and um, and yeah. So so the um, the Zatashim, you know, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but as a development. You know, gets gets into the point where I have an album, and you know, and and I'm releasing, you know, a full length album and whatnot. Um, the um, the plan is to then put out the Spanish album. Nice. And uh, and and you know, and that that's gonna be. It, I, I'm not sure exactly how it's gonna work out, right? But uh, the way I see it, it could be maybe half of the album translated. Half of the mm-hmm. English album translated into Spanish and released in Spanish, and then mm-hmm. writing some more Spanish stuff. Um, cool. So that's one way that we can do it. I'm looking forward to hearing that. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing that. So, so last question before we before we head off: Where can people find your music? Where can people find it to buy it, to download it, to to make sure you get paid? Where can people find this stuff? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> oh, um, clown. Well, you know, you have I have a, a couple of just you know I have uh, the songs on on uh, on on YouTube. Um, I have uh, the songs were streamed on on Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, um, Amazon Music, and Apple Music. Um, so, you know, those are the main the main uh, the main streaming lines where they can stream the music and download it and buy it. Cool. Very cool. Well, Yosef, this was a really is a big honor and big pleasure to have you on the show, kicking off 2019 with a great story and some great music. Um, like Yosef said, you can go check out his, his latest single. On you, the, the song is up on YouTube. If you'd like to download it, amazing. You can download it on iTunes, Apple Music, um, Amazon Music, pretty much anywhere where you can get music, you can find Yosef Daniel. And it was seriously a pleasure, man. And I wish you much in the future and you should keep rocking, keep rolling and keep me updated on um, when you're coming out with that album. I'd love to hear it. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. Sure. My my pleasure. Sure. All the best.
All the best. You've just listened to another wonderful episode of Go Simple the Podcast. For more news, updates, and information on our next episode, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at Go Simple Live, and don't forget to check out the show notes and videos on www.gosimcha.com along with zeradio.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, Go Simcha!